0: impact income and influence it's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today and that's what this podcast is all about if you're a coach consultant author blogger youtuber creator or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world this podcast is dedicated to you I'm Steve Warner and welcome to impact income and influence Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one place for reaching millions of people online. We focus on all the different digital marketing tools that you need. My name is Steve Warner, and today I am joined by Mike Kim. He is a good friend of mine. He focuses on personal branding. He started off several years ago, like six, seven years ago. He was a CMO of an educational company outside of New York City, but he decided to go out on his own. And one of the things that struck me when I first talked to Mike was he did it very systematically. The first year, he focused on blogging. Then he launched a podcast. Then year three, he started doing speaking engagements. And each year, he has just added one piece to his tool belt. This year, he is launching a best-selling book, You Are the Brand. Brand Strategist, Mike Kim, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, bro. Great to be with you. Great to be with those tuning in. Hope to add some value today.
0: Did you add so much value? Um, So I actually met Mike sitting next to him. We were both speakers at an event and we were in the back of the room and like you just have this way of being super understated but like dropping value bombs and I don't even think you do it sometimes. (laughs) Like we were, uh, we went out to have some cocktails and like we're just sitting there like sipping like some old fashions or something and you just like line after line. I was like, where did this guy come from?
1: Um, (laughs) Thank you.
0: Which is awesome. So talk to me a little bit about I want to start with your journey just a little bit because talk about like adding thing after thing and how you're able to do that because I know most people, they just dump everything on themselves at once and they go nowhere.
1: Yeah, so I spent most of my life in New Jersey, just outside of New York City, we have this inferiority complex, you know, because we're like, basically the suburb tapped at two ends of either New York City or Philly. And I grew up uh, on the north side of Jersey, just outside of Manhattan. And then I went to college uh, at Rutgers, central New Jersey, right. And um, that was sort of no man's land, Steve, right. And so I was always kind of trying to find a place to hang out and, and look for good food. And there was this one Chinese restaurant I used to go to all the time. I still go back if I'm ever in the area called noodle gourmet. And they had this poster on the wall. And it was about the Chinese zodiac. And it was like year after year after year, there's these different animals of the Chinese zodiac. Now I'm not Chinese. And I'm not uh, an expert at the Chinese zodiac, right. But one thing I did notice was it was just a year by year thing, like you're the rat, you're the horse, you're the whatever. And I don't even know what year I am. But I loved that each year had sort of this theme. And then I heard this quote from Gary Keller who runs the real estate empire, uh, Keller Williams. He said, success is sequential, not simultaneous. And I realized that as I was trying to step out into the online expert space that I couldn't do everything at once. I couldn't look at what these folks who were gurus in the industry had and expect to have all of that drop in my lap overnight. So I really focused on one thing per year, like the Chinese zodiac. So when I started, I was still working full time, 2013, I said, this shall be the year of the blog. And hell or high water, a blog post will come out on Monday morning. Now, I missed a few days, but I hit most of them. And sometimes I was up till three or four in the morning just to publish the post. Now, it's not like a lot of people were reading my stuff back then, it was just more for myself. Well, as I did that over the course of the year, I learned a lot of things in terms of blogging, SEO, copywriting, storytelling, just setting stuff up on my website, to be honest. And the next year I decided to add podcasting to the mix. So 2014 became the year of the podcast, but I didn't stop blogging. And of course that gave me a lot of experience to make my podcast that much better. And year by year, I kept adding something. So a real quick 10 second rundown 2015 then became the year of the mastermind group which I was able to fill because I'd been blogging for 2 years and had been podcasting for 1 it made it very easy to fill those groups that's the year I quit my job full time because the mastermind groups allowed me to scale my income with much less time involved so I was able to quit my job um and then year after year 2016 was the year of the product launch uh you and I both know jeff walker and that whole thing and I was like you know Screw it! I'm gonna try this thing. Everyone keeps talking about it. I'm gonna try it, and I had the time to try it because I wasn't working a full time job anymore. Then 2017 was the year of the live event. That's when I started my first business events. You're an expert in that space, um, and it was easy to fill the live events because I gave people access to it who bought my course the previous year. And then 20 it just went on and on. 2018 became the year of speaking. I started getting speaking engagements. Probably because people saw I had my own event, and they're like, "He must not suck." He has a podcast. He might not, must not suck. Let's invite him out to speak at our event. 2019 became the year of me do, really doing video. I hated doing video, but I started getting more comfortable on Instagram and YouTube. 2020 was the year of the pandemic, of course, <laughs> but that's the year I really worked on my book. You are the brand, and then this year, 2021 is the year of launching the book. Dude, this is all I'm doing. So you can see uh, that's seven, eight years in a nutshell, but every year actually added to my skill stack. And that was what was so, so important for me.
0: Well, that's so there are two things in there that I want to point out to listeners. The first one, going back to blogging, something that I have seen across everybody who has been successful is they set a goal a must, if you will, like not a goal, but like, I am going to do this and come hell or high water, it will be done. And I will stick with it long enough to see results or to see that it is a complete waste of time. Most people, what they do is they throw some stuff against the wall, they try it. Oh, I'm going to do a podcast. Oh, I did three episodes. Nobody's listening. I'm on to the next thing. Well, you just spent a whole bunch of time, mental energy, anguish and your subconscious brain takes that in and says, you don't stick to what you do. So then that becomes a habit. Instead, your habit is come hell or high water, I'm putting a blog out. And I love that you called out that it wasn't, it wasn't like you got a ton of readership. It wasn't like things went crazy. It was mostly for you. It helps clarify your message so that you have a foundation to stand on. And honestly, I don't think like you building year after year, if you hadn't done the blog that way, you wouldn't have known what to talk about in the podcast. You wouldn't have known how to do that. Then you wouldn't have had the live event Then you wouldn't have had the product launch. The second thing, people that are listening to this and they're like, yeah, but I just want to do it all right now. Launching a blog means you have to figure out a website. You have to figure out SEO. You have to figure out how to do writing, right? Like there are plenty of things to do inside of blogging. Then when you do a podcast, there are 50 things that you have to do with a podcast. Focus on one big thing that's going to bring people into your world. You generated a list. And the last piece I'll talk out is you didn't quit your job. You weren't like, I'm quitting my job and I'm writing a blog. Oh no, now I'm super stressed. I have no money and I hate my life. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, and and really it's everyone's path is different, but you maximize and you leverage the skills that you do have. There are other folks. I'm a writer first. I'm very comfortable behind a microphone. I had a long history, even previous to my marketing job, speaking to big crowds. Uh, I did music. I was comfortable on stage, but bro, I couldn't, I couldn't go take speaking gigs. Nobody knew who I was. They weren't going to pay me even if they took me. Uh, I had nothing to sell on the back end of the speaking engagement. And then on top of that, I would have to take paid vacation days off, right, or non paid vacation days to go do an event. And I was married at the time, my my wife would have been like, what are you like, what the you're going to burn your vacation days, we're not going to go anywhere. You're gonna go <laughs> take a speaking gig somewhere and not get paid for it and lose money. You idiot. <laughs> So even though I had the skill of speaking, it didn't match the season of life that I was in. But what I could do was I could blog, I could write, I could write in the margins of my life, I could take some of the stuff that I did at work and share some principles and put it out on my little WordPress blog, which was super ugly. Uh, But I learned how to write. And when I look back at the journey, uh, you know that's, that's what my business was built on. And to this day, my email list is way bigger than my podcast listenership, even though the podcast has done really well. Uh, it's bigger than my podcast listenership and my, all of my social media accounts combined because I was a stronger writer than I was a speaker or podcaster. Um, and so I really leveraged the skills that came naturally to me and the skills that fit my season in that lifetime. Dude, if i was single at the time and just you know had a ton of disposable income yeah i would have traveled a lot more and i would have done a lot more events even for free because that's how i built a lot of my relationships over the years but those first two years dude i was locked down man i was focused i had to there's nothing else
0: i could do Well, you're still super focused, but the, something that I want to ask you about writing, because I, I tell people like you have to pick a medium, right? It's either writing or it's video or like one of the two, right? People are usually either better speakers or they're better writers, but regardless, you have to pick one. I always tell people that email is a non-negotiable and then you pick one other Avenue, um, when you started writing you you had some copy experience but how much better did your writing get cuz i know so many people that are like well i'm not that great of a writer i can't sit down and write and i'm like well then how do you get better you sit down and you write tell can you speak to that just a little bit i mean what were those first couple of blogs like are they still up can people still go find them
1: <laughs> yeah they're still up and they're really bad uh, <laughs> there's like a gr- there's like a great wall of text on every paragraph it's like what the heck the paragraph is like 18 lines long on my website. And I used to be a good writer in terms of creative writing, or even writing papers and essays and in, in college and stuff like that. But once I got into the marketing world, I started writing the way copywriters, write, like advertising guys, write, And it came really natural to me, because I don't really like to write long things and really eloquent things. I just like to be straight to the point and hook people. When I discovered copywriting, it made everything I did in life click. I was like, oh my gosh, this totally makes sense. But I had to learn the craft and I had to be willing to unlearn a lot of the things that I knew. And that's another thing when it comes to entrepreneurship. You're consistently in this cycle of learning, relearning and unlearning things in order to keep forming yourself and becoming a better version of yourself, becoming more highly, highly skilled. And I love that you mentioned... Um you know folks pick a lane. and I'm pretty opinionated about this because I meet I meet so many people in my space that are like I want to launch a product, I want to create a product. And I'm like, well, what are you really good at? And they'll say, well, I, I just want to launch a product. And the way that I see it in the expert industry, there are five plays that you can run. It's like kind of like a, an athlete, right? It's like um you, you can coach, speak, write or consult. And you have to be good at at least one of those things. Not good, great. Like it has to be a high level skill. Then you can productize. Where people get into trouble is they productize and they're not good at any of the other four things. Dude, name any guru that you and I know or anyone else in the audience knows. Um, If you're listening, think about the expert that you follow. Is it Tony Robbins? He's a great speaker and coach. He's not a great writer. He's higher as other writers. John Maxwell, great speaker and writer right? Grant Cardone, great speaker. You might not like his style, but he's, a, he's primarily a speaker, right? And you look at all these people and that's why their products work. Cause they're highly skilled at one of the first four things. So it's sort of like a basketball player who can do everything. Like let's just take LeBron James, love him or hate him. He's a great player. He can do everything, but dude, at the end of the day, he's not on the team to pass the ball. He's there to score, you know, he's there to score the, the basketball. And too many people look at this space and go, Oh, look at what Steve's doing. Look at what Mike's doing. Look at what Russell Brunson's doing. Let me just copy exactly what they're doing. And it would be like you and I going down to the park, seeing a guy play basketball and we're like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I'm going to make the NBA. And all we see him doing is like mimicking and copying one of LeBron James' highlight plays, like that chase down block in the 2016 finals where he pinned the ball right against the wars. And we see this dude running up and down the court just trying to leap through the air and block a shot. We're like, how about you work on your shooting or your passing or like your athleticism? That would be so ridiculous to see. And yet that's exactly what happens so much in the expert space, which is why there's so much, like let's be honest, trashy products out there. So get good at one of those four things first, really good, find out which one it is, and then productize.
0: I mean, that's, I, I agree 100%. Like I always tell people, like, uh, people told me when I started, they were like, publish, publish something, like start. I went out and I wanted to do live events. I was actually following Grant Cardone and I wanted to do live events. I had gone to a Tony Robbins event and I was like, that's what I want to do so then I started like reading and watching stuff. Um, I went, I mean, you know, my story, like I went, I tried to hold an event, fell flat on my face, but I was watching Grant Cardone. And I remember him talking about I went out and I just started speaking everywhere that I could. I was reading Dan Kennedy and Dan Kennedy, Dan Kennedy started literally going around to insurance agencies, real estate brokerage firms, anywhere that did sales. And he would literally show up in the morning and say, Hey, can I give a 30 minute presentation to your group for free? And he would sell a $29 ticket. This is the late seventies, early eighties to an event that he did once a month. And he went city to city, state by state, doing that. And that's how they built up. And I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm good at, that's what I'm gonna do. And I didn't follow quite that path, um, but I did hold a lot of events. The So where I wanna ask you is copywriting. If you're listening to this, people are like, well, I like words. I like, I, I took a, a really good friend of mine now, Katie, who's my copywriter. Um, She started, she said, I like words. And I started feeding her books to read. I was like, here, you need to read this. You need to read this. Because she came from a college grad level of I'm a writer, which we all know they have to unlearn. So my question to you when it came to copywriting is how did you get good besides just doing the writing? What did you study? What did you look at? Were there any practice things that you did? And then I want to tie this to branding because I think it's super important. Because everyone has their own unique style.
1: Yeah. uh, So the first book I ever read on marketing, which is still my favorite is Ogilvy on advertising, David Ogilvy, the legend. Uh, If you don't know him, and you're in marketing, you need to, you need to go gobble up every book that guy's ever published and read it. And David Ogilvy went on to found uh, his agency Ogilvy, and which is now known as Ogilvy and Mather, one of the leading marketing agencies in the world still, he's long since passed. But the guy was a copywriter first. That's the thing I loved about it. He realized that if you combine visuals with the right verbal pitch, you can do almost anything. And I'm not a designer. I have an artistic eye. I actually tried to draw comic books when I was a kid. I wanted to grow up and be a Marvel comic artist. And my mom was like, this stuff is stupid. Like, you can't do this with your life. Right? But um, I always had sort of visual eye. And yet, I realize in marketing, the words matter so much more. Think about how much you have to write every day as an expert. And if you're really serious about doing your marketing, really think about how much you have to write. You have to write your podcast headlines, your podcast show notes, your YouTube headlines, your YouTube show notes, even if you're not writing blog posts. If you're on Instagram, you have to write captions. You can't just post a nice picture of yourself and not have a caption, you have to write a caption you're doing email marketing. Steve, you mentioned that. That's writing. Subject lines for those emails. There is an endless amount of writing that you have to do, even if you're not, quote, unquote, a writer. So when it came to copywriting, I read Ogilvy and Mather. And then that led me down another pathway with all the old original OG mad men, you know, the, the from the show, right? Those guys who were writing ads in the, in the 40s, 50s, you name it, 60s. And I started looking at these guys' sales letters. And this is something I learned from a course I took. They gave access to all the greatest performing sales letters in history during the Mad Men eras. And they would say, if you're serious about becoming a great copywriter, you need to handwrite all these letters. And that's what I did. I was like, okay, if that's what they say you have to do, I'm going to do it. So I'd have this legendary Wall Street Journal sales letter, and they say, copy the letter by hand into your notebook three times. Bro, this thing was like 10,000 words. I mean, it's a long sales letter. But as I did it, my brain started to change how I started to see word choice and rhythm and patterns. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then they would say, read the whole thing out loud three times on your feet. And I did, I still have those notebooks. They're filled with me doing this actual work that nobody saw that was not glamorized, but it it completely transformed the way that I wrote. And I was able to pivot between creative writing and writing the way that I needed to for the book and copywriting and dis- direct response, especially in order to get people to take an action. That's really how I started. I, there are great copywriting courses out there. I have a couple of copy courses. but at the end of the day, I'm very real with my students. I'm like, you want to get better, Steve. It's just what you said. Yeah, you want to write better. You have to write more, and then you have to assess your own writing and get someone to look at it. And you have to be willing to be open to be cor- to, to be corrected. You know, you you've got to be willing to to be open to that. So that's really how it started for me.
0: That's. I mean, I'm so glad you shared that. I want of, it's such a anyone listening to this. It's like that's a lot of work. It's not it's it's two months in a long-term, like this is your business. If you learn, if you do what Mike did, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be real honest and say I did some of that. I went to one of the first events that I went to was a private Dan Kennedy thing. We got in the room, it was three grand, and they handed us a Gary Halbert letter that he had optimized, that Dan Kennedy had optimized, and they said, you're going to copy this over the next six hours. And I was like, dude, what the freak, man? Like, why did I pay money to fly here, get on a plane, come to this event? I did it. And then what he said was they made us break it down into flashcards. Mm -hmm. Dan Kennedy's a huge flashcard guy. He uses a bulletin board and pins them up. And he was like, so now you're going to take chunks. And he broke it down. And it stays with me to this day. Um, Here's like the hero's journey chunk. Here are pain point bullets chunk. Here is the, he calls it the blackie story. It's uh, the story of the old guy that gives up his dying secret. Here's that story. It's named after a racehorse driver, all these chunks on note cards. And then you look at how they fit together. And he told us you should go home and you should, he gave us sales letters and he's like, you should do one a month. Well, I did one. I'll be real honest and say I got busy, but I did one. And that stuff still to this day, that was 2015, sticks with me. And although I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm a great copywriter, but I used it in speaking on stage and it informed everything that I've done since. Um, Super, super powerful. And you can, there are places online that you can go get these sales letters for free. So it is literally, you don't need to buy anything. You don't need to spend a ton of money. You just need to sit down and force yourself. Take 30 minutes a day, write out two pages. Mike, thank you for sharing that. So I want to go with your book now because you, over your podcast, Brand You, like everything you've done has started focusing on branding. Your mastermind focuses on branding. Let's talk a little bit about what made you write this book. Like why did you put another book into the marketplace?
1: All right, I'm going to be totally honest because I I, I wrote the book because I knew I had it in me. And I'm not going to give you some Pie in the sky answer, but like I wanted to go serve people. Of course I want to serve people. That's why I'm in the business I'm in. But I could not in integrity look back on my life when I'm 85 years old and say, you know, you did well because you didn't write a book. Like honestly, let's like, 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 let's just put on our creative hat for a second, right? Anyone who's listening to us today who you are a creator, you love creating, you love creating content, you love speaking. Tell me why you speak. Is it to make money? No because you're born with it, you have something inside you, you have to produce, you have to give birth to, right. And so for me, uh, it was writing at least one book, I knew I had more than one book in me, but I knew I had to get the first one done. And I actually signed this book deal, believe it or not, in 2016. And I never wrote the book because I went through some personal challenges. Um, my life kind of went upside down, I went through a divorce, I just did not have the creative energy to write a book. And yet during that time, all these years in between, I got better at my job. I made more connections. I got better skills. I had higher profile clients, incredibly high profile clients. Um, And a lot of these people have now been featured in the book. They endorsed the book. You look at my endorsement list. It's crazy, right? And I'm very grateful to all that. But at the end of the day, I wrote it because it was in integrity and in alignment with who I know I am. Then secondarily, I knew it would help people. And I don't think that's a wrong thing for you to finally admit, you know what? I want to write a book because I know I've got one in me and I should do that. I should do it. Even if nobody reads this, I'd be happy. I'd be glad that I wrote this book, even if nobody read it, because I still do it for myself in, in that regard. Now... Of course, I wrote the book in order to help people. I want the book to help people. But why I wrote it was to be in alignment with myself. It's not, to me, it's not a business card. It's not a a lead gen, even though it will probably go on doing those things. But dude, I look at this thing. I'm like, "This, this is eight years of my life. And it was very expensive to write this book. It was an expensive experience in terms of energy, emotional energy, creative energy, money, time re-looking at my life and how I became an entrepreneur. Dude, people don't do that kind of thing. That's not an easy thing to do. Writing about a point in my life that was really difficult to walk through. So when I look at the book, I'm like, this is a tangible thing where I can say, this is eight years of my life and I can give it to somebody or someone can glean the wisdom and insight from it. But honestly, that's why I wrote it.
0: That's, I mean, that is a great answer. And I think you're right. Like, well, I mean, it goes just with the same thing as like writing the blog post, right? Like you're putting yourself out there, you're sharing your unique message and you're doing it your way because the more you publish, the more you push out, the more people like, yes, it will work as a business card. Yes. People will become attracted to you. People will buy your products because they read your book. It will be an entry point, but you're not doing it. As that, you're doing it to actually, it's clarification of yourself. The Alchemist is one of my favorite books of all time. Have you read it?
1: Yeah, Palakla. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, the idea behind it, what the way that I take this is, is we are like constantly clarifying ourselves. In the book, it talks about like turning lead into gold, right? And you have to constantly reclarify like the metal, the stuff that you're working with. And that's what I see ourselves doing all the time. Everything that we go through in our life, everything like you writing the book is you like stripping layers off of yourself. Now you're sharing it with people because you have it in you to share. That is why we're here. Like that's what creators do. But through that, we attract people, but we're not doing it for the attraction, right? I feel like the people who are like, I'm gonna write a book so that everybody buys my stuff those are the books that are inauthentic and don't do really well. So yeah. diving into the book a little bit, I want to talk about what's in it. Like what are, what are some of the things that you highlight? Um, talking about personal branding. I want to talk about one or two of the big mistakes that people make. Where should people start with a personal brand? Let's maybe start there unless you want no, to go s- a different direction.
1: No, that's a great question. You start with having a point of view. And here's why, because most of us have had our own opinions or points of view beaten out of us by organizational life. You know, whether you work in a company, a nonprofit, a religious organization, politics, healthcare, law, you name it, right? Anytime you express yourself, you get your wrist slapped. And if you've gone up and grown up in formal education, it's the same thing. Very, very, very little of our educational system encourages free thinking, you know? And, um, this this idea that you can express yourself you might say mike everybody does that they use social media yeah but not folks who are a little bit older you I know mean, i'm in my 40s like it, it was it it was a process for me to express myself i see these these younger people who are in their teens and their 20s they don't have any problem doing it cuz they've grown up with social media they just post whatever they want but it's not just posting about like your dinner or where you're traveling or a cool beach trip or something, it's actually saying something and understanding and knowing what you believe. So the first step I teach an eight step blueprint in the book, in in terms of helping you create a compelling personal brand to build your business around. It's not just building an image, it's building a business around your ideas, your expertise, your reputation and your personality. That's what a personal brand is, it's an identity made up of your ideas, your expertise, your reputation and your personality. But you need to have a point of view you need to have something to say so the first step i walk people through is i ask them three simple questions what pisses you off what breaks your heart what's the big problem you're trying to solve because if you can't answer those questions you shouldn't join this business you shouldn't end up in this line of work dude i know you you're very opinionated about live events and you're very opinionated what what ticks you off what breaks your heart and what the big problem you solve is that's why your business has grown it's why you have clarity i can reverse engineer the answers to those questions for you. And that's why there's clarity. You know, there you go, clarity hat. Then you meet all these folks who are consultants or coaches or speakers, and they're like, well, we just want to help you bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. That doesn't mean anything. But- tell, tell me what you stand for. Tell me what drives you. Um, it's deeper than just the why. It's It's from your core. I would do what I do for a living, even if I wasn't paid for it, to be honest. Um, Because what pisses me off is that people are told how to live their life. For me, it started that way. Even when I was working this really cushy CMO job, uh, I got called into work one day right after Thanksgiving. We were supposed to have the day off and I go into the details in the book, so I'm not gonna go too far today. But um, that ticked me off, man. I I felt it was an injustice. I was already putting in 60 hours a week. There's no reason to take me away from my family on a holiday weekend. You know, what breaks your heart is the compassion you have for people. Like that's a real word. These are really emotional words, inju- words, injustice and compassion. Then you can talk about the big problem you're trying to solve. And that's just what your business is. Your business is nothing more than solving a problem for a profit. That's what business is. So you ask most people in the expert space, They can't answer the first two questions. And if you can't do that, you're not going to last. So it's a rediscovery process. I said before, you learn, unlearn, relearn. It's unlearning this, you know, hand slapped, wrist slapped anytime you say something of your own opinion. And it's relearning how to express yourself. And it's learning then to channel that into a marketing message that resonates with people. That's really the first step, the
0: point of view. Well, that, I mean... There's that in and of itself. I know there are people out there listening. They're like, yeah, yeah, tell me, tell me the tactic. Tell me the tactic. This strategy, like what Mike is pointing out, you attract people to you. Because you have a solid point of view, not because of your widgets, or because of the 15 step process that you have. Nobody wants that. They want they want the answer, right? They want their pain solved. And by you being able to say this pisses me off. This makes me angry. I feel your pain. And I can help you solve it. When you take a point of view on saying, yes, somebody, I know other people are like, well, yeah, but then I'm going to piss somebody off. Somebody's not going to agree with me. Who the freak cares? Right? Like, (laughs) I mean, you think Grant Cardone doesn't piss people off? Sure he does, but he's also now a billionaire. Um, he attracted, the thing that happens is you will repel some people. Those are not your people. There's 8.4 billion people in the world. You're going to repel some of them. Even if you're super vanilla, the more you repel people, though, the more you attract people, Mike has been, Mike is really well-spoken. You have a very clear point of view somehow though. You still piss people off.
1: Oh yeah. I, I, I say this all the time. Good marketing attracts great marketing repels. And sometimes it's not even because of what I say, it's just because who I am. And I don't take that personally because none of these people know me well enough to reject me personally. For a lot of folks, I'm just Mike Kim, the personal branding guy on the internet. I'm not a real person to them. I'm just a character on the internet. Grant Cardone is a character on the internet to most people. That's why it's so easy to love him or hate him. Gary Vee, same thing, Tony Robbins, the Pope. I don't care who it is. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, doesn't matter, right? Again, I said it's a combination of your ideas, your expertise, your reputation, and your personality. It's not about who's better. It's not about who the best singer is. There are still some people who like Taylor Swift more than Whitney Houston. It has nothing to do with their skill level. There's There are players in the NBA that aren't the best in the world. They are not LeBron James or Kevin Durant. But people still have a favorite player, even though they're not the, the best player in the league. So... All that to say, Stephen, you said this so brilliantly um, in terms of your personal brand. But what's subtly happened here, even on this, during this conversation is you, the listener, have gotten to know me better. You know where I grew up. You you know, I lived in New Jersey. You knew what kind of job I had. You, You know what kind of company I worked for. It was an educational company, right? You learned all these things about me. And that's the issue. Marketing isn't about closing a sale. It's about opening a relationship. And if you are sharing content through a podcast or through your articles or through your expertise, your courses, but people aren't getting to know you a little bit better with each piece of content, or with every campaign you run, that's the gap. That's the gap that's in your marketing and your messaging. You name it, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, uh, Brenda Burchard, you name all the experts that we all know, we all know their origin story. Do you think that's an accident? Do you, th- do you honestly think that's an accident? I'm telling you, the listener, you are lost if you think that's an accident. They have repeated it so often because we need to get to know them as a person. We all know Brenda Burchard was in a serious car accident. We all know Tony Robbins grew up poor and the Thanksgiving dinner, turkeys, right? Someone dropped off. We, I've worked with these kinds of people the best in the business i've written their campaigns and their stories i'm telling you that is some of the stuff only one percent of people know that have made it in this industry you need to people need to know your story i don't care what anyone else says no one cares about your story oh yeah tell me why you follow these gurus and tell me if you know everyone even knows batman's origin story
0: dude well that's come on so i'm I wanna call this out because it's, it is so true. Like people, people, commodities are a thing that you buy. So if you're a coach or a consultant listening to this and you are selling, oh, I, I get you a three X ROI, I get you uh clarity, I build your funnels for you, those are all commodities. Where people spend more money is when they know, like, and trust you, and you are a person. And this is like, Dan Kennedy told me this in 2015. Um Like I got like five minutes with him, right? And he was like, he told me at the time and it still took years. And I mean, I'm still working on it. It's ongoing, but it is you, people are buying you. Be quirky, be weird. Give people, you can't be whitewashed, right? Superman, they had to put kryptomite in Superman because he was too perfect. Show your scars, show the things that you do wrong. One of the things that um, I'm I'm going to talk about like I if you're not on Mike's email list, mikekim.com, right? Yep. mikekim.com. Yep. Go get on his email list because your emails the thing that I took away from your emails that I was like, "Man, he does that better than anyone I know." You're like So I thought I needed better sleep. So I went and bought $400 sheets. It might've been a waste (laughs) of money. I don't know what I was doing, but I knew that like I wanted to sleep better. So I went and bought these sheets. There's no call to action. There's no like blatant like marketing pitch anywhere. It's just, hey bro, I really wanted to sleep better. So I bought these sheets, but you do it in a fun way that makes me feel, I mean, I do know you personally, but it makes me like, I was like, oh, it's it's like you sent me, an email before you went to bed that was like, Hey, I really wanted these sheets so I could sleep better. You sent me one that was, uh, I'm trying to remember. You sent me another picture of something like they feel like they're highly personalized. They're quirky. They're a little bit weird, but they, they're memorable. And I feel like I know you that will five X, the price that you can charge somebody because they feel like you know, they know you. I'm I'm trying really hard to get that point across because that is, whenever I'm dealing with somebody that is having a hard time selling, it's not because of the widget that you sell. Please hear that. It is about the the relationship that you have with people. Um, and you just laid that out really, really well.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I say in the book, and it's in the opening chapter, and this is, again, what the whole premise of the book is based on and what my business has been based on. In the personal brand space, we see people trying to build a brand one of two ways, and both don't work. Neither of them work. On one hand, you have an extreme example where people are uh, presenting a false version of themselves. These are the folks, extreme example, but it happens. They rent a mansion on Airbnb, stage a photo shoot and imply that it's their house. And these folks are selling image. They don't realize that attention is earned, not owed. That's a really big distinction. Now, on the flip side, we have folks who overshare in the name of authenticity. I love authenticity, but nobody needs to see all your guts and gore. You ever see, Steve, someone post a nasty picture of a gash on their leg from an accident on Facebook? it's disgusting. Nobody wants to see that. I immediately block that person. I don't care if it's my mom. I'll block her. I don't need to see in the middle of the day where I could be doing God knows what scrolling through my feed and then I see this this jarring image. And it's like these folks are trying to get attention through their struggles. They're trying to sell their struggles. And just like a car accident on the highway, you get a lot of attention because everyone's ticked off and is slowed to a crawl, but they don't stay around.
0: No, they don't want to stop and help
1: either. They don't want to stop and help. They go along with their day, right? So what I say, I present a third alternative is you are the brand become the person that you're trying to sell to people. And here's the litmus test. This is the big question. With the stuff that you're sharing and the stuff that you're selling and the things that you're saying online, can you build a campfire around it? What I mean by that, is it warm? Is it inviting? Is it a light in the darkness for people to come to? Is it a place where stories can be shared with one another, not just you preaching at them. Can you build a community around it? Are you a leader or a person who people want to hang around? That's exactly what we've talked about today. Dan Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Brendan Burchard, Mel Robbins, Amy Porterfield, you, me, any one of us to any certain extent, Our tribes, quote-unquote, our our audiences, our people are around us, not just because of what we know, because you can get what you need to know from Google. They're around us for the long haul because we are somebody they want to be around. We become the person that they want to have speak into their lives. We become the person that we're trying to sell to people. The first chapter is titled, who do you have to become in order to serve the people you want to serve? That is the bottom line question. So I found here in my journey over the last, you know, seven, eight years, the more I work on myself, the more money I make, and strangely enough, the less I care about the money. And to just kind of tie a bow on all this, you know, you said before, like you blog because you want to, Mike, you know, you did it for yourself. And the sales editor, you did it for yourself. And you asked me, why'd you write the book? I said, I did it for myself. And those sound like selfish answers, but they're really not. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be really honest with you. If you've ever tried a workout regimen and you tried to get in shape so that you can attract other people, you know, whoever you want to attract, you're not going to last very long. You need to do it because you want to see the person you see in the mirror every morning change. You want to respect that person that you see in the mirror. That's what the book's about. Living a life and building a business around a life that you can actually respect your own. You are the brand.
0: Dude, I can't I can't say it any better than that. I think that that is <laughs> 100% true. Um, and it's why so many people fail because they're, they're renting the McMansion. They're trying to put fake things out there. They're so worried about what people think um, that they never get around to just being themselves or becoming a better version of themselves. Um, I Somebody that I followed for a long time, um, Garrett White, always, he would just say, stop lying to yourself. I mean he he says it very he gets pretty violent about it. He's like, stop mm-hmm. freaking lying to yourself. Like just be who you are and become a better version. Um, you are the brand book.com comes out pre orders right now, correct?
1: Yep. And then the book releases July 13th. If you order it from us directly on that site, uh you will get it before July 13th because we've got you know copies in our warehouse. So we're processing those, but you can go find it. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever, however you prefer, uh, you can grab it. And we got a ton of bonuses there.
0: As awesome. Well. Um, Mike is a great person, uh, just from meeting him, hanging out with him, Um, you have such a authentic vibe to you. I mean, you're honest more than anything. You're honest, but you're approachable. You're fun to hang out with, um, We've always had a good time. Hopefully we get to hang out a little bit this summer when I come out to Philly. Uh, yeah. You are the brand book.com. Anything else they need to know about you, Mike?
1: No, that's it. I mean, hey, if you uh, if you pick up a copy of the book, let us know. We'll send you all these bonuses. And if you listen to podcasts, because you're listening to one now, uh, give mine a try. It's called Brand You. Steve's been on it. Uh, you can go listen to that episode. Uh, the show's done really well over the years. And if you're really interested in branding uh, building a business around your personal brand, uh, we'd love to have you. So, hey, man, thanks so much for having me and and to to those who are listening, thank you for your time uh, and attention today. I'm really, really grateful.
0: No problem Mike, it was awesome having you on. All of these links are in the show notes. Make sure you check them out. You are the brandbook.com, dot com dot com um, and brand you podcast. All of those are in the show notes to everyone out there until next time, take action, change lives and make money. We will see you soon. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner. Head over to death and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show and we'll see you next time.